again, the only wood that we want to use to build our communities is the cross of Christ. Uh, so we're going to continue in 1 Corinthians uh, as Josiah read for us. It's getting the right child. Thinking, uh, thinking of the other one. That's Josiah read for us if you're joining us online. Uh, and we've said a few times, haven't we, that Corinth then was a lot like Bahrain now. Uh, it was growing, it was busy, it was a mix of people from all over the place who had very different ideas about everything that you could have a different idea about. And there was a high value in Corinth at this time on doing the right things at the right times. There's this big mix of Greek and Roman and other pagan religious practices. So there was a high emphasis. It was really important that people did the right things on the right days uh, at the right times to prove how, uh, how good they were and to prove themselves uh, religiously. And we know from the way that Paul writes this that the Corinthians have heard and they've believed and he spent time with them, but they're not behaving in a way that shows that they... Uh, believe. So in a place where lots of ideas and practices come together, believing how, no, behaving how we believe is always going to be a really strong and consistent witness. It should be a consistent witness, but it's going to be a very strong witness, a very visible testimony when we... Is that an alarm to tell you to put your phone on silent? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> behaving how we believe is a really strong witness and a very visible testimony. It looks like that they were not, uh, they're not doing that. They've heard the message and they've accepted that Christ crucified is, is, the, is the truth for their salvation, for their justification, but it's also for their sanctification. And we know because of how Paul wrote this letter, in particular sections like this, uh, that they had heard, that they had accepted, that they've believed, and they've been justified in the sight of God. But then they've started down their own path to put their belief and their faith into action. You know, there's, we've talked about divisions. We've talked about their self-powered progress. They're trying to make the best of their own selves and their own lives. Now, last week, the fear of missing out that's causing them to, to not behave how they should be doing. So Paul is going to say, look, really simply, that they're believing, but they're not behaving. So that's what we are going to talk about. Uh, again, as Josiah read for us, if you're joining us online, uh, we are going to read together. We're going to see what's going on, what they were doing, what they were not doing. Uh, we're going to see what we can learn from it, and we're going to see what's at the center of it all. So if you've got a Bible there, be it printed or digital, uh, and you've not done so already, uh, would you turn with us to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 1 to 4. So Paul writes, So brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but instead as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready. In fact, you are still not ready, for you are still influenced by the flesh. For since there is still jealousy and dissension among you, Are you not influenced by the flesh and behaving like unregenerate people? For whenever someone says, I am with Paul or I am with Apollos, are you not merely human? So really, really simply, they are believing, but they're not behaving. 
So he's told them, he's fresh from telling them that the gospel is wise and it's spectacular. It's wisdom for Greeks. It's this huge sign for Jews. However you want to look at it, it is the answer. It's as wise and deep as you want it to be. It is as spectacular and miraculous as you can fathom and then more so. Paul says, well, I couldn't actually talk to you about these kind of things. I couldn't talk to you like that, but I needed to talk to you like infants in Christ. And we've just said about the kids going off to kids' church to be taught on their level. The gospel can be taught over there on their level, and it can be studied at postgraduate and doctoral level. I've, I've, I've experienced both, and it's the same gospel, but because of its wonderful transcendence and just how purely true it is it can be explained very very simply over there and it can be studied and lectured on for the serious students of the word so Paul says look I couldn't talk to you like that the level that you want to be on the level that you think you're at I fed you milk and not solid food because you can't handle the tough stuff And he says, honestly, you're still not ready for the tough stuff. He couldn't talk to them about the double imputation of the incarnation, the kenosis of Christ, the aseity of God. He can't talk to them about these kind of things, even though they want to talk about these kind of things, because they're behaving, as we read, like fleshly, jealous, unregenerate people. They want the good stuff. They want to be seen and thought of as wise and mature believers. But they're not living out the very, very simple truths of the gospel yet. They want to be thought of as mature believers, but they're behaving like new believers. They're in the church, sure, in their body, but not in their behavior. So if we just make this really, really personal for a minute, and it might make you uncomfortable, but we'll do it anyway. How many people want to know more about God, who he is, how he works, his attributes, his word and his will and his ways? How many people want to know stuff like that? If there's no hands, then there are two doors. How many people want to know more about God, who he is, how he works? Every, yeah, everybody does. If you're not a hand raiser, it's fine, but there are two or three more questions. Uh, but how many people then actively do something every week to make that a reality? There are less hands. How many people want to be part of a thriving church community where the gospel is lived out together, the presence of God is felt together? How many people want to be part of that? It does, there are two hands here. Want to be part of a thriving gospel-centered community? And then how many people actively do something each week to make that desire a reality? Less hands. It's just like the Corinthians. They want to be further on than they are. They want to be seen as mature and wise and deep believers who know stuff and do stuff. But they're not. There is believing something and then there is behaving like you believe that something. Because we act on what we truly believe, don't we? Not just casually agree with. And what Paul, what Paul is saying here, word for word, I love how we phrase this. He says, look, you want more than you're willing to work for. And then he says, look, your behavior is disappointingly human. You're just, you're just showing yourselves to be the fallen and fallible people that you are whilst wanting to be further on, but you're not doing anything to bridge the gap. So their speech might be born again. Yes, we want the deep stuff. We want to talk about the tough stuff, but their conduct is not. 
They're believing, they're not behaving, they're talking the talk, but they're not actually doing anything about it. They're not walking the walk. Evidenced, as we read, you know, whenever someone says, I'm with Paul, I'm with Apollos, are you not just being disappointingly human? Are you not showing yourselves to be the fallen, fallible people that you are? And now he's going to go on and he's going to explain to them and show them just how pointless their arguments and their divisions and their, their behavior is, how pointless it is. And he uses this picture that would have been really understandable to them. If we go back 2,000 years, much more of an agricultural culture. He talks about planting uh, and he talks about farming. So we'll carry on reading from verse 5. He says, What is Apollos really or what is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe. And each of us in the ministry the Lord gave us. I planted, Apollos watered, and God caused it to grow. So neither the one who plants counts for anything, nor the one who waters, but God who causes the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters work as one, but each will receive his reward according to his work. We are co-workers belonging to God. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, but someone else builds on it, and each one must be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than what is being laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each builder's work will be plainly seen, for the day will make it clear, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what kind of work each has done. If what someone has built survives, he will receive a reward. If someone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So let's just, let's just put this out there right now. This is not about uh, you. This is not about you building your own life. The context of how we're moving through this letter should have made that really clear. Uh, but if not, if you've heard this passage before and you think it's about you, have, be careful how you build. Uh, it's, it's not about you. Uh, this is not about you and how you build your life. It's about us. It's about we, us, the church, the community, the people. It's, it's plural. He's talking about you all are God's field. We all are uh, God's building. It's the same thing that he's been writing about pretty much since this letter started. You know, they're trying to power their own progress, trying to build their community in ways that they think uh, it should be built. Uh, they're, they're, they're claiming to believe, but they're not really behaving like it. And instead, they're trying to build their own community in their own way. And Paul says, look, what is Apollos? What is Paul? They're people through whom you came to believe. You don't believe in those people. Those people share some stuff with you, do some stuff with you, and it, it brings you to a place through God's grace where you believe. Not in them, you believe through them. And it's all as God gives. He says that a couple of times. And if you think about us, if you think about the community, but plural, all of us, we've all got different jobs We've all got different roles and giftings and talents and skills and resources. But God is the one who gets the work done. Paul says a couple of times, God made it grow. God gives the increase. If you think about uh, Philip in Acts chapter 8, we've talked about him a couple of times this week uh, with our daily devotionals. Philip preaches and teaches to loads of people. God gives the results. He then chases one guy down in a chariot and God gives the results. So no matter what's going on, whether it's with lots of people, whether it's with a few people, 
planting, watering, God gives the results. Uh, I said there are a couple more questions. Uh, has anyone ever milked a cow? Oh, wow. <laughs> more, people, more people than I thought. Uh, that was a delayed thought. Was it really a cow? Uh, did you milk it? Uh, <laughs> what do I mean? Manually or mechanically? Oh my gosh. How old, how old are you all? <laughs> Manually, did you have a three-legged stool to sit on as well? Oh my gosh. Uh, if you milk a cow, whether you do it manually, uh, yeah, I know how. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to milk a cow, be it manually, like, uh, like that, or whether it's mechanical, however you do it, you can milk the cow, but you don't make that milk, do you? Some people are really confused. You don't make the milk inside the cow. How many people have planted a seed? That's probably more of an appropriate... Most people at school have put a seed in a little cup. <laughs> yeah, manually. You can do it mechanically as well. Uh, you, you put the seed in the ground. You put water on it. You can tend it. You can keep it in the light. But you don't make it grow, do you? No. Just like the milk in the cow, you don't make it. You just extract it. Paul is saying, look, planting, watering... Milking, planting again, really important. But you're not making anything happen. God gives the growth. So nobody is really that important. It's God who gives the growth. And his point is, look, stop behaving like your personal preferences and, and you know, he's going to power your own progress and build this community. However hard you're working, whether you're the best cow milker or seed planter in the community, it doesn't really matter. You're not making that stuff happen. And he writes that, look, it's all in the past. I planted once, done. Apollos watered once, done. And the way that he writes, it's God keeps on giving the growth. God keeps on, through his grace, allowing the progress. So your points for personal preference are really limited. They're not that important. And they very, very quickly become historical Stuff that happened in the past. It's not worth dividing over. It's not worth fracturing a community over. They're in the past. They're not that important. And he moves on and he says, look, both of them, the planters, the waters, the milkers, the seed givers, all of us work as one. But each receives a reward according to what you're doing. He says, we are co-workers belonging to God. We are not that important. God gives the growth. You all, you all are God's field. And God's building, he's, he's writing in the plural, it's you all, the church, the community. This is the place where you are first and foremost called to make a contribution. Yes, I know that some of you feel a really strong conviction, a very strong call to plant, to milk, to be out there doing other things. But first and foremost, we, the church, the community, is God's field, God's building. This is where we are first called to contribute. And they're trying to divide over personal preferences. And Paul says, you're all on the same team. So first, it's here. And then, any subsequent calls that you feel. He says, look, I laid a foundation on top of the big, sure, proper foundation. Somebody else comes and builds on that. And then Apollos will leave, move on. Somebody else is going to come. He says each one must be careful how he builds because no one can lay a foundation other than what is being laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
We know, don't we? There's one foundation for the church, our community, us, we. Whatever we're doing, whoever we are, whatever talents, skills, gifts, and resources we contribute, if we're not doing it in a way that is founded on Christ, that honors God, it isn't really church, is it? It's, it's a good deed. It's uh, trying to make yourself feel good because you're doing something good. And Paul explains, and he says, look, if anybody builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, it's going to be really obvious. It's going to be plain to see what you're adding. We're going to be able to see now, but he's thinking bigger picture. He says, for the day, capital D, the day that Jesus comes back or you go and stand before him, the day will make it clear because it will be revealed by fire. And that's going to test what we've been doing. If it's good, if it's right and it's proper, it's going to remain and there'll be a reward. And if not, it's just going to be burned up as wood, straw and stuff like that is in a fire. But if we're building with gold, silver, precious stones, he's not talking about diamonds and rubies and stuff like that. He's talking about building materials, how we build. He's talking about things like granite, marble, big, strong, beautiful materials. We're building on that foundation of Jesus Christ and him crucified. We're building with sure, strong, beautiful materials things that are in accordance with God's word and his will and his ways and in line with the wisdom of God that we talked about last week. You know, wood and hay and, and straw have all got their place for, for building stuff. It's just not the church. It's just not building a, a great big modern skyscraper. You wouldn't go granite, straw, granite, hay. We wouldn't, yeah, she wouldn't do it. And it's really important. It's really important what we add to the community. It's really clear from reading passages like this and Second uh, Corinthians 5, Revelation 20, that there is going to be a day when we all individually stand before the Lord and give an account of what we've done with the grace given to us, with the gifts given to us, what we've done in his name, what we've, what we've added to the field, the building, the church community. You know, the day will make it clear. It's going to be revealed as by fire. If the work that we're doing to build up our Christian communities is in accordance with the word and the will and the ways of God, it's going to survive and it's going to last. If we're doing things like the Corinthians were starting to do in their own ways, for their own reasons, if we're not really doing much of anything with the grace of God given to us, the wonderful things revealed to us last week in chapter 2, we read it's going to be burned up and that we will suffer loss. If we're not doing anything in our regular rhythms and routines that builds up the church, the community, then it's, it's absolutely time to start. But before we start to worry, our salvation is not in question here. Paul's not writing about our beliefs. This particular passage is talking about our behavior what we're doing with ourselves is certainly in question, not uh, our salvation. We know, don't we, we're not working anymore to save ourselves. We're not making vows and promises and fulfilling stuff to earn God's favor, to tip the scales uh, in, in our favor. But under this new reality of Jesus and him crucified, the thing that Paul keeps coming back to 
it's still really important how you behave. It's still really important what you do with yourself because belief and behavior go hand in hand. Belief and behavior go together. The community, the church, our Christian group is so important that God says, look, if you build it wrongly, it's just going to be burned away. But if you do it right, there's a reward. God cares so much about what you do with and for the church that there's a reward for doing it right. And if you do it wrong, it's just going to be, he says it's going to be burned away. We read, oh, we'll get there, yeah. It's even stronger. Paul says, look, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? Plural, us, we, the church. If someone destroys God's temple, us, we, the church, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, which is what you are. Paul is so focused on the Corinthians living out their faith and behaving how they believe. He's teaching them this truth that, look, we go way back in the book and we see a physical temple or a movable tent where God's spirit would live and dwell among his people. Now he's saying it's within the church. We're not, we don't dwell. We don't, we don't dwell. We don't get together in any particular buildings at the moment, do we? But we, the church, is where God's spirit lives in us. We are now God's temple. God's spirit and presence is active in God's church. And Paul says, this is so serious. Do you not know that you're, what I've just said, do you not know that you're God's temple and God's spirit lives in you? If you destroy God's temple, God will destroy him because the church, the community is holy. It's separate. It's distinct from the rest of the world. God cares so much what and how you do for the church. This would have been a huge change for the Corinthians. They're, they're coming into this culture, or sorry, Paul came into this culture where there's loads of temples for loads of different gods. You could go there and do a little bit and go over there and say this and go over there. You could do your things. Paul comes in and says, no. The community, we are now God's temple. This is where God's presence dwells in and among his people. So our Christian community, us, and any others that you're going to be a part of in the future, is so important. I mean, look, look how strongly Paul talks about this. If someone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him because the temple is holy, which is what you are. God cares how you treat and interact with the church, the community. It's the bride of Christ, we read. The redeemed that Jesus gave his life for. God cares how you treat and interact with the community, the church. Yes, your salvation is about your belief, but your sanctification is about your behavior. And this, us, the, the, the community, the church, is the context that we live that out. We don't want to be like the Corinthians were on the verge of being, which is believing but just not really behaving. Paul's trying to tell them that the gospel and its truths save you, yes, but they also sanctify you. It's the same message that we live out together in community day by day that's going to sanctify us. So the Corinthians, they wanted to be great. 
what they were doing. They wanted to be thought of as mature and wise and active believers. But they're going about it the wrong way. They're trying to follow this person and, 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 and that person. And ultimately, like Paula said, it means nothing. They're trying to power their own progress. And what that is doing, it's not causing them to go forward together. It's causing them to kind of fracture and go apart. They're getting, they're getting well ahead of themselves and thinking that they're really better uh, than they are. They're behaving in ways that shows there's a lot of, of room for growth. They're thinking of themselves as really advanced in their faith. They're very uh, sophisticated and mature and wise people. But Paul says, look, I've got to feed you the simple stuff. I've got to treat you like infants in the flesh. Because what you're doing when you get together is not built on the foundation of Jesus and him crucified. The, the, the motivating factor behind the power that the power within and the, the, the central tenet of all that we do as a community, as Paul is saying, it's got to be Jesus Christ and him crucified. So if you just think of our regular week as a church, why do we offer worship nights? We do that to worship God and to, and, to, and to lift up the name of Jesus, not just get together and drink coffee and stuff. Why do we have home groups all over the country, different days, different times, we do that to look at God's word together, see Jesus and take that into lives and live lives together. We don't just get together to share pizzas and stuff like that, do we? Although it's kind of nice when it starts with that. But then we, we leave with this. Uh, well, you know, why do we gather corporately like this every week? It's not to tick a religious box, is it? Been to church, back to my own thing. You know, We get together to make sure, to oversee one another's faith, to make sure that we are focusing on that sure foundation, Jesus Christ and him crucified. It matters. It's so important what we do with ourselves and what we do with the grace of God given to us. God cares about your belief, yes, but he also cares about your behavior. So if we make this really personal, if we make this really practical for a moment, let me ask you, what do you do for the community? What do you do for the church? If you just take a few seconds and think, can you explain to somebody in a sentence or two what you add to us? Everyone should be able to say in a sentence or two what they add to the community. We're not saved just to sit and stew and wait. We don't come to, we're not saved just to come to church, listen and leave, just, just, just be there. Everybody should be able to say what they add to this community and how it's built on that sure foundation of, of Jesus and him crucified. Not just turning up every week. What do you add? What are you building? We said this is God's field. What are you planting? This is God's building. What are you adding? You know, yes, I know some weeks you're just going to need to drag yourself here and sit because everybody has days weeks, seasons like that. But in your steady state, when everything is normal in your world, what are you doing with and for the community? We don't want to just make it through by the skin of our teeth, which is what Paul is saying. Look, if we're, if we're doing stuff and it's not that great, it's going to be burnt up. It's going to be really plain and obvious what, you know, if we're not really doing it. 
We don't want to, by the grace of God, come to know Him and love Him and have faith in Jesus. And then just sit around and wait for Him to come back or wait to die. Nobody, nobody wants to do that, do they? We shouldn't be doing that. Doing enough to be saved. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll agree and I will believe this, 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 but I'm not going to do anything. He's, he's approaching Christianity like a religion. Well, what are I going to do? What are I going to believe? Tell me and I'll agree and I'll profess. When at the core, we've said loads of times that ours is a faith at the core that's a relationship with a, with a, with a person, with the risen Lord Jesus, with God. Paul is really clear here that it takes different people with different skills and talents and resources and gifts to make the community all that it can be. He says, you know, we are all co-workers belonging to God. Some people plant, some people water, some people host, some people teach, some people counsel, some intercede, some play, some sing. We've, we all should be adding to God's field, God's building, us, we, the church, our community. This isn't a listen and leave kind of deal. I've been to church, I've heard what you said, and I'll probably see you next week. Everybody should be able to say in a few words, what are you adding to this community? What you add to the church? Not just a warm body in a chair once a week. Not simply tuning in online in your dressing gown once a week. What do you add to this community? What are you sowing into the field? What are you adding to the building? So I want you to think about yourself really, really honestly and what you add to us. What are you sowing and what are you building? And if you don't, if you can't think of anything with all the love in the world, you need to start. You've got to be doing something. This isn't just a listen and leave kind of community. Think about yourself really honestly and what you add. And then think about the Corinthians, believing but not behaving. They're saying the right things. They're talking the talk. They're confessing their faith. They're not contributing to the community. And because of this, they were starting to fracture. Problems are arriving, which is why Paul needed to write this letter in the first place. We think about ourselves, we think about the Corinthians, but more than that, let us never lose sight of why. Why we are even together here on a Friday morning. Let us never lose sight of why we are even a community, a church. The foundation that is laid for us by the grace of God, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. All that we do with one another, all that we do for one another, has to have Jesus Christ and Him crucified at the center. If it doesn't, it's just a social. If you came on a Friday and I said loads of stuff over 30 minutes, didn't mention Jesus Christ and Him crucified once, the last time I was here we talked about the we preach Christ crucified. It turns into a bit of a social club where we're coming to build each other up. If what we're doing with and for one another doesn't have Jesus at the center, it's just a good deed. We're just trying to do nice things for people. It's not a ministry. It's just meeting up and doing stuff. And if, we, if what we're doing with and for one another doesn't have Jesus at the center, we end up like the Corinthians, starting to fracture. 
And we end up build, trying to build our community with wood and hay and straw, stuff that doesn't last. It's got no value to it. And as we've read, it will be plainly seen. It's going to be really obvious what's going on, both now and on the day that Paul has talked about. So if we're not adding to the church, if we're not contributing to the community, again, with all the love in the world, you've got to start. You've got to be doing something to add to us, the church, the community. God has gifted us all and blessed us all in such beautifully unique but complementing ways. And he wants you to put that to use first and foremost here in this context before, like the Corinthians, we start thinking that we're, we're, we're better than we are. We know more than we do. And we're actually, we're, we're doing this right. We're doing it well. When actually, no, we're not. And if you, if you don't like this, that's fine. This is not an opinion piece. This is not my idea. This is not like a, a speech to get you all fired up to do stuff in church so I can do less. This is not an opinion piece. This is what Paul is talking about. This was the problem in Corinth. Each person should be building, and they should be building properly and well and on that foundation. We're all called to build. We're all called to add. We're all called to contribute to the community. Again, but like we said, let's never, ever, ever forget that the only wood that we want to build our community with is the cross that Jesus died on. Everything we do stems from, is powered by, and should be able to find its way back to Jesus and Him crucified. Again, the only wood that we want to use to build our communities is the cross of Christ. Because it was on that cross that Jesus willingly and obediently gave his life as a ransom for many, paying the price not only for our sins, our particular community, but also for the sins of the whole world. And it's that truth that we're called to build on. Yes, we believe it, but are we behaving like we believe it? This is what we're called to build on every single one of us. This is the foundation. This is why we are a community. This is who we are. This is what we do. And like we said, the only wood that we want to build our community with is Jesus and Him crucified. The only wood we want to use in our community is the cross of Christ. We're going to spend uh, a couple of moments in prayer. And uh, I'd like you, again, like we said, to be thinking about what, do you, what, what are we adding uh, to this community? Are we like the Corinthians that we think we're further along in our faith and our, and our living out our faith? Are we further on than we think we are? But then really thinking about Jesus and Him crucified and really how and why. That is why we are um, a community. So uh, if you can, I'd love you to stand with me. Uh, we're going to pray. Uh,